bring a message, uh, and you can turn to Malachi chapter 2 in the Old Testament if you want to, but this, this uh, is a marriage message, and this message is called the Spirit of Marriage. And I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's role in marriage. And we know that we live in a world where, you know, traditional marriage uh, is under attack, but related to marriage, we have to remember that God created it perfectly. God created it, and God calls marriage the holy institution that he loves. Now, when you hear someone bad-mouth in marriage, you need to understand they're talking about something that God created and God loves very much. And this is Malachi 2, and this is Malachi 2.11. Judah has dealt treacherously, and an abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem, for Judah has profaned the Lord's holy institution, which he loves. He married the daughter of a foreign god. So God created marriage, and so it's the first institution God ever created. And God came to the nation of Israel and said, I don't want you marrying uh, people of other gods. Just like Solomon married a thousand wives, and many of them were from other gods, and they turned his heart away from God. That's why he said that. And so they, they began to intermarry with people of different faiths. And God said, they have profaned the holy institution. Holy means set apart for God. The holy institution that I love. So let me just kind of give some, some backdrop and I'll go into the, the heart of the message. And that is God created marriage perfectly to succeed 100% of the time. Now I go all over the world and I say something. You have a 100% chance of success in marriage. You don't have a 50% chance. You don't have a 75% chance. You have a 100% chance of success in marriage when you do it God's way. God, God doesn't create junk. God would never create anything to harm us. God created everything he created in Genesis 1, and he looked down and said, it's very good, it's very good, except for one thing, a man by himself. And when God saw a man by himself, he said, that's not good. So guess what he created? Marriage. He created marriage, and marriage is an institution, the first institution that God ever created, and it is the foundational institution of all of society. Before God created a government, before God created a church, before God created anything else, he created marriage as the foundation of society. And here's world history in a nutshell. As goes marriage, as goes society. And the first thing that the devil does to destroy any society is to destroy marriage within that society. And here's the good news. When God's going to rebuild a society, he does it two ways. The gospel of Jesus Christ and rebuilding marriage. The number one thing people need is Jesus. The number two thing people need is family. God and family. And so the devil has been in this all-out attack against marriage in our society. And you, you hear people that are just bitter and negative and spewing about marriage. They're talking about the holy institution that God loves. It is a perfect institution. And here's the second thing, and that is it works based on God's plan. It works based on God's word. You know, for in 1930, 83% of adult Americans were married. Today, 49.7% of adult Americans are married. You say, what is the difference between 1930 and today? People believed the Bible in 1930. We had a society based on the Bible in 1930, more or less. The Ten Commandments hung on the walls of my school back in not, not, oh, not, 1960-something. <laughs> we prayed a prayer every morning in the school that I went to in the name of Jesus Christ on the loudspeaker. Yeah. 
For every, we weren't ashamed of Jesus when I was around back, back then. But now we're ashamed of Jesus. We're ashamed of the Word of God. There's an attack on the Word of God. And it is no uh, coincidence that to the degree that we have rejected the Word of God is marriage does not work in our society. And I submit to you, we need to go back to the Word of God and make it the foundation of our lives and of our marriage. Well, let me give you the marriage mathematics. This is some pretty high cipher in here, so stay with me. Marriage mathematics, two plus one equals one. Two people who invite the Holy Spirit into their marriage become one. Because the Holy Spirit binds us together in the deepest intimacy possible in a marriage. Let me give you the other marriage mathematics. Two minus one equals two. Two people who reject the Holy Spirit remain divided. That you cannot enjoy the intimacy and the fulfillment of marriage until you invite the Holy Spirit into your marriage. Here's another issue about the Holy Spirit in marriage, and that is he fills us and meets our deepest needs that no one else can meet. Jesus came to a woman at the well uh, in Samaria, and she'd had five husbands since she was living with a man. Jews had nothing to do with Samarians. And so Jesus came to the Samaritan woman, and he said to her, lady, if you keep drinking from that well, you're going to keep being thirsty. But if you knew the gift of God and who you were talking to, you would ask me for a drink, and you'd never thirst again. Well, let me tell you, he wasn't talking about a well of water. He was talking about her trying to get her soul thirst met from a man. See, your deepest needs can't be met by another human being. Your four basic needs are acceptance, identity, security, and purpose. And only God can meet those needs. And when God is not meeting those needs, we naturally transfer the expectation of those needs to our spouse, and we set our marriage up for failure. See, I'm a good Jimmy, I'm a bad Jesus. Karen's a good Karen, she's a bad Jesus. And when we got married, we were immature, we didn't know how to depend on the Lord, and so we tried to demand out of each other what only God could give. Understand this, Jesus came to a woman who had been married five times and was now living with a man. She was cynical, she was beaten up, and, and our, it's kind of like our society. And he came to her and got right to the root of her marriage problem, saying, if you would just ask me, I would give you a drink and it would meet your soul thirst. You'd never be thirsty again. Listen to me. We are not designed to get our deepest needs met out of each other. We are designed to love God first and out of the overflow of God's love, we love each other. That's how marriage works. So the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, we are able to build functional, joyous, fulfilling relationships. The other thing is the Holy Spirit empowers us to love and relate beyond our human capacity. And this is very important in this message. 1 John 4, 16, we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Listen to me, love isn't something, it's someone. God is love. Now there's the cheap human love that's a dime a dozen, and people tell you they love you, then they leave you. That's not God's love, that's human love. It's predatorial. It's plastic. It's easy come, easy go. But God's love is a love that never leaves. God says in Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And let me tell you, when God says that, he means exactly what he says. I will never, that's covenant language, by the way. I will never leave you. You know when God says that? Day one. Day one when he enters into a relationship, he doesn't say, let me see how you do. Let me see how well 
you do, and then I'll kind of see if I can commit to you or not. Day one, he says, I'm all in. I'll never leave. I'll never forsake you. And that's God's love. And so this is Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so love, love comes, listen to me, love comes from outside of us. We don't have love. We don't, we don't have the capacity to love apart from God. And so re- remember this, when, when Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden and God came to Adam and warned him, and he said, if you eat of the fruit of that tree over there, in the day that you eat of it, you'll die. And the Bible says that when God created Adam, he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. That was not oxygen, that was the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you how I know. Because in the day that Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they still had oxygen in their lungs, but the Holy Spirit departed from them. They died spiritually in the day that they ate of the fruit. And three chapters later, that was Genesis 3, in Genesis 6, it says the entire world was immoral and corrupt, and God regretted the had made man on the earth. That's what happens when we don't have the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we simply can't function. And God, from the very beginning, when he made Adam, when he made Eve, when he made marriage, he made it to be spirit-filled. He never intended for it to be humanistic. He never intended for it to be dependent upon us or our ability. So let me talk in the remainder of this message about seven specific benefits that are freely available from the Holy Spirit. Here are seven things you can have for free from the Holy Spirit anytime you want them. Now, John 16, 7, Jesus said, nevertheless, I'll tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Can you imagine Jesus Christ saying that, by the way? Isn't that, isn't that just the most incredible statement? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, says to us, it's going to be better for you if I leave. I mean, that's just an incredible statement. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. The word helper is the word uh, paraclete, and it means someone called next to us to help us. He says, I'll send him to you. Here's John 14. I will pray the Father, he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. The helper. God has not left us alone he has sent us the Holy Spirit, and I want, to, I want you to listen to me because at the end of this message, in just a few minutes, I want you to receive the Holy Spirit if you've never received the Holy Spirit. And if you haven't received the Holy Spirit, here's, here's what I want. I want for you to enter into a totally dependent relationship with Him. It's the only way your marriage is going to work. It's the only way you'll ever be able to, to truly succeed in life. But, but listen to me. Here's the prayer that the Holy Spirit loves. I mean, He just response to this in such an incredible way. I need you. He loves that prayer. Holy Spirit, I need you in my marriage. I need you in my relationships. I need you to come and help me because God didn't create us to be independent. God created us to be dependent upon him. Adam, he came to Adam, breathed into his nostrils the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit was there in the very beginning, to empower the original couple to fulfill God's mission for them and give them all the capacity they needed to love each other. And they rebelled, and the Holy Spirit departed, and it was a disaster. But here's the good news. Jesus died on the cross, paid for our sins, 
paved the way for us to have a relationship with God, and now freely we can have the Holy Spirit back into our lives. All because of what Jesus did. So here are seven things available from the Holy Spirit freely to all of us today. Number one is unity. Unity is only possible in the Holy Spirit. This is Ephesians 4. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Unity of the Spirit. Listen to me. Human unity is a unity of the head. Holy Spirit unity is a unity of the heart. When you pray together, when you worship together, when you seek God together, it bonds you spirit to spirit. Listen to me. When you're walking in spiritual unity, you can have unity even when you disagree. But when you don't have that kind of unity, the only unity you can have is from your head in agreement, which is many times hard to reach because you're living with a person very different than you. And so spirit, the Holy Spirit gives us unity. And here's another way to say that. If you're having problems in your marriage, one of the prayers to pray is, Holy Spirit, make us one. Did you know, by the way, that marriage is not uh, a piece of paper? Sometimes people say, well, marriage is just a piece of paper. Marriage is not a piece of paper sanctioned by the state of Texas. Marriage is an act of the Holy Spirit of God that bonds us spirit to spirit. It is a sacred act of God. Number two thing that the Holy Spirit does for us freely, anytime we need it, is personal nurturing and comfort. He nurtures and comforts us. This is John 14. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither it knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So the Holy Spirit is called helper and comforter, um, and so here's Genesis 1:27, and I'll tell you why I'm reading this in just a second. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, this, this is very important. So I'm going to ask you a question here, and I want you to think this through. So it says that God created man in his image. Male and female, he created them. So let me ask you this question, okay? And so just think about it. Are women made in the image of God? No, <laughs> Every time I ask this question, the women immediately go. And the men go. So let me ask it again. Are women made in the image of God? Okay, yep. A lot of female voices there. Okay, yes. I'm going to answer it yes. Okay, so let's think it through. So there's a maternal side to God. Right? No, the women are going. The men are going. Are women made in the image of God? Yes. Male and female, he created them. Okay. Is there a maternal side to God? Yes. yes. That's who the Holy Spirit is. Did you know that the Holy Spirit and women are given the same name in the Bible? Helper. Helper. It's the word aidser. When God saw Adam by himself, he says, I will make him a helper comparable to him. The word is aidser. The word aidser means two things. Power to accomplish a task and to supply what is lacking. So God looked at Adam and said, he cannot do what I've called him to do by himself. He needs an aidser. So I'm going to create a woman to give him power. Women are powerful people. I'll tell you that right now. Women are powerful. I'm, a lot of women are going, 
<laughs> I'm, I'm getting you guys. Okay, so you're busted. Women are powerful. And as men, we can't do what God has called us to do without a woman next to us. That's what God said. It is not good for that man to be alone. So he gave us a helper. Jesus came in the New Testament and said, you know something? Now, this is the King Jimmy version. <laughs> I never intended for you to live without the Holy Spirit. You sinned, but I love you so much I died for you, and I'm going to send back a helper. You were intended to live with him from the very beginning, but because of sin, you were separated. But I paid for that sin. Now I'm going to send you back. He's going to be with you forever. And he's going to give you the power to accomplish what I've called you to accomplish and to supply everything lacking in your life. As a husband, as a man, I've got two azers. I've got Karen. I've got the Holy Spirit. A lot of times they're just alike. <laughs> Can't tell the difference at times. So listen to me. Uh, I'm 63 years old. I'm a man. I need a mother. Uh, you know, there's nothing like the touch of a mother. There's nothing like the touch of a mother. My mom's still alive. She's 87 years old, precious woman, but I need a perfect mother. You know we have a perfect father. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit's a woman. I'm not messing with your theology. Don't say that. Don't tweet it. Jimmy Evans just said that. No. But here's what I'm saying. He's the most loving person in the universe. And I hurt, and I have fears, and I have needs, and I have issues. And sometimes I just need someone to put their arms around me and to be sweet and loving and nurturing as only a mother can, powerfully, powerfully, but sweetly. And isn't it interesting the Holy Spirit's portrayed as a dove? The Holy Spirit's portrayed as gentle, but the Holy Spirit's so powerful. Just like women. You need a mother. And the Holy Spirit, I believe, expresses the maternal love of God. So listen to me. When I'm hurting, I don't go to Karen first. I go to the Holy Spirit first. The importance of our daily prayer time with the Lord is, that's where I take my fears. That's where I take my needs. That's where I take my hurts. That's where I take everything. And the Holy Spirit is head over heels madly in love with you, like the love of a mother. There's nothing like the love of a mother. And that's how the Holy Spirit loves us. And I'm saying to you, the, the comfort, the comfort that we need in our lives, Jesus said, I will not leave you alone. I'm going to send the comforter. And he's going to be with you forever. I'm saying you always have someone with you to love on you. And if you don't get that from the Holy Spirit, you're going to naturally transfer that to your spouse. And you're going to get frustrated because no one can take his place. And I'm not saying your spouse can't love you, but I'm saying not like the Holy Spirit. Not like the Holy Spirit. I'm just telling you, he's, he's just incredible. And I say he, he's not an it, he's a he. And even though I say he expresses the maternal love of God, he's a he, that's what the Bible says. And number three, thing that we freely receive from the Holy Spirit is spiritual grace. Acts 1.8, you receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Power, 
This is freely available. Here's what it means. The power to know God, the power to serve God. Now listen, did you know that every time you read your Bible, the author is there with you? I, I never understood the Bible. I, I, read, I just would read the Bible. It was just a hidden book to me until the day I said, Holy Spirit, help me understand the Bible. Wouldn't it be wonderful if every book you read, you had the author right there say, what do you mean by that? Did you know you have the Holy Spirit with you every time you read the Bible? Spiritual grace, emotional grace, Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The fruit of the Spirit. What this means is that's the personality of Jesus that he'll give you for free anytime you need it. We do not have the ability to love people. Our ability to love is very fragile, okay? And so here's, here's what I believe. After 44 years of knowing the Lord, it is amazing how carnal I can be if I don't stay close to the Lord, especially in traffic. <laughs> I think your Christianity shows more in traffic than anywhere else on earth, really and truly. Listen to me, but after 44 years of serving the Lord, it is amazing how godly I can be under pressure when I'm close to the Holy Spirit. He is the oil, the engine of our emotions was designed to run on. And if you go and get in your car without oil in it and you start it and try to go somewhere, it overheats and locks up very quickly. It has to have oil. Without the Holy Spirit, we overheat and lock down very quickly. We don't have the ability to love without the Holy Spirit. But when you invite the Holy Spirit into your life, in fact, every day, well, many times in the morning, you know, especially when I know I've got a challenging day come up, I'll say, Holy Spirit, fill me up and give me emotional grace, lest there be a murder today. <laughs> Please help me to be a Christian all day long. And when I pray that prayer, listen, here's the prayer that he loves. I need you. He loves that prayer. To love Karen, I need the grace emotionally that only the Holy Spirit can give. To be the husband, I need to be. I need the Holy Spirit. Oiling the engine of my emotions. If not, I'm going to overheat and lock down. So he gives us emotional grace. Number five is physical grace. This is Romans 8. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also Give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now, let me tell you how this is written. This is very interesting. If the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he'll give life to your mortal body. Again, let me give you my paraphrase. If the Holy Spirit can raise Jesus from the dead, you think your physical problems are a challenge to him? If the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he'll give life to your mortal body. It's amazing how little we ask of the Holy Spirit. This is the prayer that he loves. I need you. He loves that prayer. You know why he loves that prayer? Because he loves us, and he loves to be a part of our lives. So physically, when we're challenged physically, the prayer that he loves is, Holy Spirit, I need you in my body today. I need you to give me energy. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. If the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead, I think he can handle our physical issues. Mental grace. Mental grace. John 16. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Well, he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. 
All things the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit gives us mental truth. He will guide you into all truth. The night that Karen and I almost split up, that morning I woke up and read that scripture right there. I was a very bad husband, dominant, verbally abusive, neglectful. And I told Karen to get out of the house. She challenged me on golfing. I told her to get out of the house. She went in the bedroom crying, and I said, Holy Spirit, teach me how to be a husband. And I, I go all over the world now teaching what he taught me. Listen, there's nothing he can't teach you, including quantum physics. He suspends the universe and mathematical principles that he created. Remember the Spirit of God was brooding over the deep when God created the earth. The Holy Spirit understands every single aspect of life. Every, don't patronize him. Every single. He will lead you into all truth. All means, including everything, excluding nothing. But here's the prayer that he loves. I need you. I need you up in my head. I need you to help me understand things. I need you to help me discern things. A lot of people are saying a lot of things. Holy Spirit, you're the spirit of truth. Tell me what the truth is. I don't want to waste my life life chasing lies. I need you to tell me what's the truth. And he will. He will, 100% of the time. The next thing he gives us is vision and supernatural guidance for free. All this is for free. All of it's anytime we need it for free. John 16, however he, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He'll tell you about the future. Acts 2, it shall come to pass in the last days, says the Lord, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. On my men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. When I was 19 years old, I, uh, the Lord called me to the ministry. I was sitting in the backyard of our house. I'd been saved for two weeks and a sheet dropped down in front of my face. It was like a sheet and I could see myself preaching to a multitude of people, 19 years old. So later, eight years later, I went into the ministry and um, started preaching. And last year, I went to preach for Joel Osteen in Houston. And at the 11 o'clock service in Lakewood Church in Houston, there were 12,000 people there. There's this huge auditorium, and I'm speaking to 12,000 people. I get finished preaching, and Karen and I were on our way back to our hotel, and Lisa Combs, Joel's sister, texted me a picture of me preaching. Now, the picture that the Lord had showed me when I was 19 was a picture of me from the behind preaching to a multitude of people. Lisa Combs texts me this picture and says, hey, Jimmy, I wanted you to have this picture of you preaching. It's the picture I saw at 19. I never thought I'd see it. I didn't know it was real. I said to Karen, we were on our way back to the hotel, and I looked at it, and I said, hey, Karen, that's what I saw when I was 19. The Lord called me to ministry. 43 years later. Did you know that God is not in the prison called time that we're in? Did you know that he's standing in your future looking back, smiling at you? Did you know he knows your future? And did you know he can't wait to share it with you? There's so much we leave on the table when we don't pray the prayer that he loves. I need you. I need you. I need you in my body. I need you in my mind. I need you in my emotions. I need you in every relationship in my life. I need you in my marriage. I need you in my business. I need you in every part 
of my life. And his response to that is freely, freely, anytime, any day. And some, some of you would say, but Jimmy, you don't know how bad I am. When you need him the most, you deserve him the least. If he waits until we deserve him, we don't need him. Here's the good news. He comes to us just as we are. When you need Jesus, you know, when you come to the place of inviting Jesus as the Lord of your life, we're a mess. We're, we've been trying to run our own lives, and we're a mess. Jesus doesn't care. He's just waiting to come in. He knows we need him. He knows we're a mess. That's why we're saved by grace, not through our works. We, none of us deserve it. None of us deserve him. But he's a gift. Jesus said to the Samaritan woman, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked, and I would have given you living water, and you would have never thirsted again. Here's what I say to you right now. If you knew the gift of God, you would ask. You would say, Holy Spirit, I need you. And he would fill you up, and you would never thirst again. And you would be empowered to live your life the way God intended. I want you to bow your heads if you would. I want you just to lift your hands if you, if you feel comfortable. Just lift your hands up to the Lord just like you're ready to receive something. Holy Spirit, we need you. We're not ashamed of that. We need you. We need you to come into our minds to lead us into truth. We need you to come into our bodies to heal us and give us strength. We need you to come into our emotions and fill us with your love. Come into our spirits and show us the future and help us to know God and the Word of God. Holy Spirit, we need you, and we're not ashamed of that. Come into our marriages, Lord, and make us a Spirit-filled couple, dependent upon you. And in everything we do, let us glorify Jesus Christ. I pray your blessing on every person, on every couple, on every family. And I pray that the fullness of God would be upon them today, as they leave the services, I pray that you would go with them and that you would open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on them that they could not receive. In Jesus' name, amen.